Welcome to the Texas Conflict Coach radio program. If you have ever experienced or engaged in destructive or unresolved conflict, then you know it leads to broken relationships, distrust, and damaging results. Our program will help you manage and resolve conflict effectively with strategies, valuable resources, and support. I am your host, Patty Porter. My guest hosts, Dina Zametta and Stephen Kotev, along with our guest experts, will share our experiences, raise your awareness, and give you food for thought. We will share with you problem-solving strategies, no matter what your situation is, at work, with neighbors or friends, family, and as partners. Tune in or join in the conversation every Tuesday evening. Well, good evening, listeners. We continue our workplace conflict series, and our episode tonight is Don't Suffer in Silence, Your Rights in the Workplace. With me is experienced mediator Marcy Anavartarte Jordan. If you've ever been an employee, and most of us have, we have experienced some form of discrimination based on our abilities or disabilities, our religious beliefs, maybe it's our visual appearance, our gender, sexuality, and the list could go on. Often we experience harassment and a toxic work environment and even abrasive and bullying behavior with people in positions of power. But many of you suffer in silence. We hold back, we keep quiet, we sit in our fear. You need to communicate openly and you need to understand your rights so that you and your employer can address these kinds of conflict and escalated disputes early on before you end up in a triage HR unit. So what to do? Our guest, Marcy Anavatarte Jordan, has been mediating for over 22 years with over 700 mediations conducted. She has a master's in conflict resolution and reconciliation from Abilene Christian University uh, here in Abilene, Texas. Marcy currently works for the Texas Workforce Commission, the Civil Rights Division, as a senior employment discrimination mediator for the state of Texas. She handles all types of cases involving employment discrimination. Now, we do have our chat room open uh, on Blog Talk Radio. I see we already have a uh, guest who's come into the room, so we do encourage you to leave your comments and questions there. And we're also using our Twitter chat feed, which is uh, hashtag ConflictChat. So, Marcy, welcome to the program. Thank you, Patty. I am so excited and happy to be here. Well, you know, we've been planning this for a long time, and I'm so glad that you're here. You have such a great depth of experience in mediating uh, these types of cases. And so before we get into some of the misconceptions and what people can do, can you uh, talk a little bit about uh, a high-level overview in the types of cases we're talking about here that you mediate? Okay. Employment discrimination basically is Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Now, as for employment, the issues that are handled is um, age, I'm sorry, race, color, national origin, religion, sexual harassment, sexual uh, sex, as in gender, uh, pregnancy, and then you also have age discrimination and disability. And disability is two separate categories. You have disability as in denying a job because you are disabled and because you have a disability, denial of reasonable accommodation. So in order for you to do your job, 
effectively. Everybody needs a job, and these are your rights under state law, when I'm from Texas, which is Chapter 21, and federal law, which is Title Seven, Age and Disability. So okay. those now, are the things we have. Yeah, and that that's a lot. I mean, I you know, listeners, we could talk about each one of those in a separate show in of itself. And so, but I wanted to give you a context, listeners, about the kinds of cases when we talk about discrimination or harassment, things of that nature. It's usually based on some. Uh, well, most of the cases that I assume, Marcy, that you do are m- based on these particular laws. But it's interesting because a lot of uh, employees will easily throw out the word discrimination. I've been discriminated, uh, not always necessarily associated with a protected class or protected uh, under Title VII, or they'll throw out the word harassment, or they'll throw out the word bullying. All they know is they know they're suffering. They're suffering in silence, whether it meets that legal definition or not. So even though these laws listeners she's talking about is U.S.-based, Uh, We know we have a lot of listeners in Canada and Europe and Australia. There's a lot of this will still apply in terms of we're all employees in the world, right? And we do all suffer from science, right? So so when we – so to talk a little bit then, uh, when employees uh, will, as we said, suffer in silence, when they encounter discrimination, especially when with a supervisor or someone who is in a position of power – so could you describe, from your mediator hat, what do you see in terms of harassment, bullying, and adverse actions? Okay. The harassment and bullying, sometimes people think it's the same, but it's really not. Let's start with the bullying. The bullying is, unfortunately, not a protected class, but they are working to get that. Bullying is just like what your child would suffer, somebody saying something that is mean or mean-spirited or getting others to pick on you for whatever reason. So that's the bullying. Then it can migrate into harassment. The harassment is little things like uh, denying you things that's going to help you do your job, denying you access to a closer restaurant, uh, picking on you, saying things that uh, is derogatory about your looks, your gender, you being pregnant, um, different things like that. And then the adverse action. When we talk about adverse action, it could be denial of promotion, denial of a transfer, Uh, termination. Those are adverse actions where you are being hampered from doing something because of somebody harassing you or bullying you or things like that. So it can go on and on and on, and that would be another subject altogether because we do deal with bullying in the workplace. So the bullying is just a mature version of what your child or what you may have went through as a child, the bullying, the mean-spiritedness. Yeah, and we've actually talked about workplace bullying quite a bit on this Uh program because it has become such a hot topic, not just in the United States, but in other countries that have already passed laws. And I know the U.S. has looked at uh, various laws and different states have actually passed independent uh, laws around abusive conduct and stuff. So, but there is this distinction. So when I heard you just talk about harassment, I heard it more in line with one of the laws in terms of discrimination, where bullying right. might not necessarily be tied per se 
to a protected class like gender uh, or race uh, necessarily. It could be something separate, and it's also not legally protected at this time in the United States. Right. The bullying per se is not, but the bullying could come from the harassment. Say, for instance, a supervisor is making unwanted advances to an employee. Okay, that employee says, no, leave me alone, and then we start with the bullying denying breaks, denying lunches, writing them up. That could be into the bullying, and that's also harassment. So they don't say per se bullying is against the law. They just have not isolated out. But it's pretty much one and the same because if it makes it where it's hostile, it's intolerable to go to work, you're stressed out, you're breaking out in hives, that's a hostile work environment, and those things can be considered against the law. It's not right. No, okay, and that's part. That's a big part of the show is don't suffer in silence. And a lot of employees, and to be honest with you, a lot of supervisors or managers damn the laws or the rights of the employee. Sometimes it's out of ignorance. Sometimes they really are very, you know, well versed in that. Uh, but a lot of employees mm-hmm. don't know what their rights are. So, what are some false assumptions or misconceptions that employees or even employers make in these types of disputes? What have you seen? Or heard. Um, I've I've heard where a supervisor says, "Oh, just ignore it. Get a thicker skin. She's just playing around. She does this to everybody." Or he's just being friendly. Or, um, oh gosh, why are you whining about that? So employers will make assumption that okay, you just need to grow up and you know handle it. You grown, they grown. Tell them to stop. Uh, the unwanted advances. Well, he does that to everybody. That's still wrong. And employers go, well, you know, he's just being friendly. No, if you don't like the advances, say something about it. It is wrong, and employers need to know that if a supervisor does it, it is against the law. If a coworker does it, and then the coworker tells the supervisor, the supervisors know, and then they are responsible for handling the situation and correcting the situation immediately. It is not a matter of, oh, well, you know, don't worry about it, or you didn't get the promotion, but, you know, you can apply again. If you know you're qualified, do that. So employers sometimes want to turn a blind eye or just paint it over and say, you know, don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. If you feel in your gut and you know if something's right or wrong, you need to say something, talk about it, sit down, see if you can get some kind of resolution, and if not, take it to either that person's supervisor or take it to HR and let the you know supervisor know, okay, you are not protecting my rights. That's your responsibility. If you're a supervisor and you don't know the rights, ask HR, ask somebody else. You're not supposed to just assume or speculate what you know is maybe right, wrong, or whatever the case may be. So a lot of times supervisors don't want to go to HR because they don't want to get anybody involved or we want to keep it quiet. Shh, don't talk about it or we'll handle yeah, it's not, it. It's not it's like a, being handled. You know, Right, our family members used to say, don't air our dirty laundry to the neighbors and other friends, right, you know, the department. So let's just keep it quiet. We can handle it. We don't want to shine the, you know, headlight on our department like we're doing something bad. And actually that's the worst intervention, you know, is to ignore it. Uh, But I wanted to go back to something you said 
and that okay. is, and I hear this, these comments a lot as a mediator myself, as a conflict coach, which is the, oh, he's just joking, oh, she was, you know, she does it to everybody, it's not just you. Why does management, why does HR, the people who are in those positions of power who are making those comments, why do you think they go in that direction? Why do they dismiss it, or why do they do that? Because either they know that there has been a pattern and history of this bad behavior, or they feel like, well, I don't want to say anything because he's my best employee, so I can look over that because he's my best employee. Or, you know, if you go and tell HR, it's making me look bad, or it's making me look like I'm not doing my job. So sometimes it's a matter of, They don't want to bring attention to themselves because they feel like, well, I should know how to handle this. The thing is, Mm. you don't know everything. So, therefore, instead of saying, okay, well, just look, you know, just ignore him. That's, you know, he's like that. That's the worst thing possible because those kind of things will definitely cause issues, big issues for not only the employee who has to suffer, but the employer who ends up in a lot of trouble behind this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we have a lot of people um, who are supervisors and managers. Oftentimes they're promoted because they're a good employee, they're a good performer, right? You said the, the employee is a good employee, uh, and yet he's he or she is one that has not been armed, trained, or understands the, the people management aspect of you, as it, you will, or even the laws. And the thing about it is, is that, you know, oftentimes employers will say, well, they're such a good employee. Employee, but let's make a distinction mm-hmm. here. There's a performance, right? There's, they're good at performance, right? They rise through the right. ranks because they've brought in millions of dollars. They brought in recognition to the company. Uh, they have a reputation uh-huh. as a technical expert and all of these things. But what about their conduct, Right, so there's their performance, and then there is their conduct, and they're like, oh well, we'll overlook those that conduct. We'll overlook that he's, you know, inappropriately using humor and sarcasm, or that he's trying to motivate his right. employees by being abrasive, uh, because he's such a good performer. And that is not, mm-hmm. and that's what ends up in your <laughs> in your room when you're mediating those cases. Now, employees exactly. often, and I wonder if you find this to be the case, when employees are in your mediation, I'm sure that mm-hmm. you've heard the comment, well, they should have known. The employee says to the supervisor across the table, I thought you knew. Do you hear right. that? And, and why do they make that assumption that their supervisor or their management knows what's going on. I hear that many times because they feel like, well, somebody else said something about it or you saw him do X, Y, Z or, well, I heard that, you know, he's already gotten in trouble before, so you should have known, you should have saw, or sometimes they do know and they don't say anything. So, yeah, I do hear a lot of, well, you should have known. But the thing is, if you don't say something as the employee, that's when you got to have that good communication. So, therefore, you can tell them, I don't like this behavior. I don't like what he's doing to me. I don't like how it makes me feel. What he's saying hurts my feelings, or I feel that it's being offensive. If you don't say something, they're going to say, well, we didn't know. And I hear that so many times of, well, I didn't know. I thought you you would laugh, and you could be laughing as a nervous reaction to this is, you know, this is awkward. 
And it's not yeah. that you are accepting the behavior. You're just like, okay, so um, you see this. Can you come in as a manager or as a supervisor and tell them to stop? It doesn't happen. All right, so, so far, listeners, what we've talked about is some, some basic assumptions that not only employers or management will make of employees or uh, employees will make of their supervisors and managers, right? So one, don't assume. Right. Uh, we need to speak up. Two, um, supervisors don't ignore what you are either observing and or hearing and dismiss it or play it down because, as you just said, Marcy, it could be one of the worst things that you do. And yes. to um and and then go and not only just speak up and say something directly to the supervisor or the supervisor supervisors, but if you need to, you need to reach out to HR and give them the time to investigate the situation. So we're going to keep going, uh-huh. but let me let uh, listeners know you are tuned in to the Texas Conflict Coach radio program, and we invite you to follow us on Blog Talk Radio. And I'm speaking with Marcy Anavatarti jordan She's an expert workplace meter. has been doing this for 22 years. Um, and you've seen it all. You have seen so yes. many things. And even though you're not in a role as an advisor, a consultant, an advocate, attorney, a judge in the mediation, and yet – there's so much that you could give our listeners as tips, knowing uh, all the things that people could have done to either prevent or stem this getting so far down the road. So let's talk right. from the employee's perspective. What does, uh, if you're a listener or an employee, what does the employee need to do? You already said they need to say something. So what, are, there, are they saying something first to the supervisor or are they going over the supervisor's head? No. First thing is, if there's unwanted action or you feel that a supervisor's picking on you or something's not right, first thing you need to do is talk to the supervisor. Now, let's, let me back up for a minute. If it's a coworker, say, for instance, being just really uh, aggressive, just a horrible individual, first thing you need to do is tell that person, look, I don't appreciate what you're saying. Please stop. That's the first thing. Open your mouth and say something. Like my great-grandmother used to say, a closed mouth never gets fed. So if you don't tell somebody you don't appreciate their actions, you felt that their comment was offensive or insulting, they're going to continue on. That's the first thing. Make sure that you put it in a way where it's like, look, what you said to me hurt my feelings or made me feel uncomfortable. And if you say it in a way of, for me, this is how I feel, Instead of you said this or you said that, you want them to understand that was not appreciated and stop. Usually that happens. Now, if it don't happen or say if it is a supervisor, go to the supervisor, sit down, talk to them, and say, hey, look, Joe said this. Or if it's a supervisor, well, when we had a conversation, um, you said this. This is how I made me, how it made me feel. Have that honest dialogue. Don't come in being aggressive or antagonistic. Just tell them, I felt this way when it happened. And a lot of times, if they're really a good supervisor and they're a 
many out there, they will say, you know what, I am so sorry. I said it this way. You know, something was going on. I appreciate that. And you're going to have that good, effective communication, that good dialogue, and you're going to end up in a good place. If it's another coworker, they'll say, okay, well, give me the information. Let me investigate, and I'll handle the situation. And many times you may not know if they talk to that employee that's giving you an issue or they handle the situation, you may not know. But if you see the actions getting better or they stop, that's one thing. Now, if it doesn't stop and you talk to the supervisor, talk to them again, but make sure you follow up with an email because if anything ever happens and they say, well, you never told me, you have this document or this electronic paper trail going, I told you, I met with you on such and such day. I said, per our conversation, you, I told you this happened. You said that you would get back to me. And if it still doesn't happen, reach out to HR because sometimes HR knows what to do and maybe the supervisor don't. But you need to go ahead, reach out to HR, explain to them what happened, follow it up with an email. And if you do all of these things, one of those areas is going to correct the problem. That's the way and, it's supposed and it will. to work. Most well, of the and, time you know, it one, does. And most of the time, and I think it's, and it's also to emphasize something you said earlier, is it's got to be done early. You can't yes. let it sit there for months and months and months. No. Some of these mediations I do, you know, it's one, two, three years later, and they're like, well, you know, in, you know, January of 2013, he called mm-hmm. me an ARAB. And, you know, and now it's 2016. And you're like, and they're like, uh, had no clue. You know, did you say something? No, because right. we were told when we started work here, you know, to play under the radar and don't, you know, ruffle the feathers and, you know, just uh-huh. get through our first pro- four months of probation and then if, if anything bothers us. But the tone is already set that if I say anything, is someone, am I going to be the troubled employee and am I going to be looked at as, you know, the, the problem, you know, problem child, if you will, and so therefore I will be retaliated against. And this comes up all the time. You know, employees will say, I didn't say anything because I was afraid that they were going to retaliate against me. And unfortunately that speaks to the environment, the culture, yes. the toxic environment that might be going on that has that message, but that's a common and fear, and also uh-huh. oftentimes uh, a false fear, I guess, because I think that's it, I think pe- people play into is. that. And you hit the nail on the head because people are told, "Don't make waves," you know, just stay, just deal with it. No, you are hired to do a job. Your job description does not say you are to suffer, be humiliated, be you know, disrespected, there's nothing in your job description that says that. And if you sit and not say anything, it looks like you're buying into that culture. So if anything ever happens later on where you do have to report it to HR, they're going to say, well, why didn't you report it sooner? When all of a sudden did it become, ha-ha, you're part of the group, to it's an issue. So it does look bad on you. And I hear a lot of people say, well, if I report it, I'm going to lose my job. Well, guess what? You lost your job anyway. So you had to suffer for months, yeah. and you still lost and- your job. Why put yourself mentally through that? Yeah. Because it is so hard because it makes you lose your self-respect, 
your self-worth because you feel like, okay, I have to put up with anything to get a paycheck. No, you don't. You do not. So I'm glad you said that because, you know, everyone has the right to be uh, in a respectful, safe, you know, environment and to do their job in a way that's, you know, unhindered in that way. So let's say they've done some of the strategies that you've talked about. They spoke up to Mm -hmm. their supervisor. They followed up with an email. They don't feel like nothing's changing. And maybe they even go to HR. What else could they do if those things don't seem to be working? Okay, if they have followed all those steps and tried to work it out with a supervisor, then a manager, reached out to HR, and maybe they get the response, maybe they don't. Uh, Now, understand, when you do report it to HR and they say, we will investigate, the investigation is not going to be, okay, two hours later we're going to get your response. Because understand, they want to protect your rights, whoever they're investigating, they got to protect their rights. So it may take a couple of days. And depending on how detailed it is, it may take a week or two weeks. That's still within the realm of we're doing our due diligence. We want to make sure that we find out what happened and take the necessary actions. And I've seen when finally it gets to HR, and I've seen wonderful HR people go, well, this person said this. We felt it was offensive. It was against our policies. This employee should not have been subjected to this. We took immediate action. And a lot of times, It's termination because they felt like this employee should not be subjected to this. We did not hire this person to be subjected to this. But they only got this when they opened their mouth and said, no, I don't want to be subjected to this. And that's the good thing. And mediation, you know, I can sit in mediation and tell people this. If you talk in the beginning and sit down and tell them, this is what's going on, we're not going to have these issues. If you set that culture of everybody's here to do a job, everybody's here to be retreated with respect and dignity. If you cannot do this, this is not the place for you. If you set that kind of culture to begin with, you're not going to have that problem because if you step outside that culture, everybody knows this is not the type of person that we want here, and they're going to end up leaving, either on their own volition or with help. Hmm. So, so, you know, so that's talk, the good so, thing. So one of the things you mentioned is that it not not all in employers, whether in the United uh-huh. States or Canada, Australia, many, many countries have a, a robust uh, dispute resolution process in many, many countries uh, from our listeners here, and they can request a mediation. Now, not all employers have in-house mediators. They can certainly see. So, so listeners, part, part of it is, is does your employer offer mediation in-house? Is that an something that's accessible to you or an ombuds office that's accessible to you? But if it's not, don't assume that that means it's not available to you. So give an example, right. Marcy, where an employer doesn't have that in-house, but they end up coming to an outside source like where you work. Okay. If they feel that they're not getting any type of resolution, there was some type of adverse action, then, yes, file a complaint in the state of Texas. It would be the Texas Workforce Commission, Civil Rights Division, the forms are online. You file a complaint. In any other state in the United States, either you have a state agency, but you're always welcome to go to EEOC, which is Employment, uh, you know, 
I'm sorry. I always forget it and screw that up. But I know. <laughs> the Equal but Employment Opportunity com- Commission. Opportunity there you commission. go. Yes. I'm so <laughs> used to using acronyms. I apologize. But you can file a complaint with them. Now, understand whether it's with a state agency or with EEOC, you got to make sure that when it happens, you file the complaint immediately because in the United States with the EEOC, they have a 300-day deadline, which means if this person is harassing you and you don't report it till 365 days, you report it a year later, you've lost your rights, and there's mm. nothing we can do. So understand, if you're not getting any response with your employer, file the complaint with either TWC, EEOC, your state agency to protect your rights because they do offer mediation services, and I've dealt with a lot of great EEOC mediators, or they may have somebody as a private mediator, someone like Patty, that they may hire saying, look, we need a private mediator to help us resolve the issue, which is perfectly fine because in mediation, your voice matters. They want to hear, and you protect your rights, and you tell them, this is what happened to me. I don't like it. And you are part of not only, okay, here's the issue, but part of the solution. Not only for yourself, you may make it better for your fellow employees. And that's a good thing. Well, and and I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, when people hire me as a private mediator, these companies are hiring me because they they're recogni- they're recognizing, okay, this this is a problem. This is an ongoing pattern. We mm-hmm. really want to be proactive in offering someone to come in and do some, you know, facilitated dialogues. It's a mediation, but they don't want to mm-hmm. raise it all the way up to the legal, you know, like a real formal uh, complaint. Or maybe they're a smaller company who don't, who doesn't have, maybe they don't have an HR department. And there's a lot of employers mm-hmm. who don't have an HR department. Or they don't, right. um, you know, have access to, you know, legal services or whatever. And they're like, well, we really need someone to help us because this is beyond our, you know, our skills and communication and facilitating, um, I deal uh-huh. with a lot of EEOC, uh, EEO complaints in a lot of companies, uh-huh. uh, state, federal, government, all of that. Um, but it's, but I want to make sure listeners understand that just because you don't have access in your company, if your company does not have a mediation program and an ombuds program, that does not mean you're out of luck. They, you no. can absolutely file, especially if it's something pertaining to any of these discrimination harassment types of laws, uh, you can definitely file a complaint to access mediation, and that is definitely one way uh, of doing it in terms of the workplace or the ombuds program, which we've had in number of show on the ombuds. The ombuds is there also to provide those types uh-huh. of facilitated conversations. Now, once someone files a complaint, it's not that they just stop doing their job, right? No, no. Continue doing your job just because you file the complaint. Understand if there's a place saying, for instance, you're not, you were quit coming to work, they can still take whatever action or um, you got into an argument with somebody, they can still take those actions. Just because you filed a complaint does not mean that you're not supposed to do your job. They can still come back in and say if it does go to mediation, they can say, well, we terminated them because they quit coming to work or their performance started slipping. No, continue doing your job. That only shows that 
you were subjected to these adverse conditions, but I'm still a good employee. Even through all these adverse conditions, my work ethic shows that I'm going to work through this while we get this resolved. So understand, continue doing your job. Never, ever stop doing your job. And I've seen so many people go, well, I filed a complaint and they can't fire me. Yes, they can. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Do yeah, you want to definitely stick that. to what they hired you for in the first place. And like you said earlier, right. you know, if you decide as a resource that you need outside help, whether that – and outside help meaning HR, a mediator, an ombuds, the Texas Workforce Commission, the EEOC, whatever those sources are, whether it's within the company or outside the company, continue to do uh-huh. your job and document, as you said, um, document yes. in writing and email any possible, you know, perceived retaliation, adverse actions. Certainly if uh-huh. you're in an organization with union, uh, reach out to your union representatives if you have union. Right. That's what they're there to support you with. Um, you know, yes. so the thing about it is, is you, you have to be able to say something and don't let the fear of retaliation be what causes you to suffer in silence for months and sometimes even years. Um, yes. So... You know, as we start to close uh, for our program, because there's so much, right? There's so many. You could probably, you could probably just start your own show, Marcy, because you would have so much expertise <laughs> and experience, you know, to share with everyone in that in this area in particular. But is there anything that's coming to mind for you as a next step? We usually close with an assignment for the week or a call to action. Anything that a listener might say, wow, you know, I really don't know my rights, or how do I find out? How do I, you know, where would they go or what what do you have as a step for them? The best thing to find out what your rights are as an employee, get your employee handbook. Look at it. Find out what's expected of you in job performance, what's expected of the employer, employer in regards to, okay, after so many months I can post for a job, this, this. Also, too, they will have information in regards to if there's an issue with your work conditions, whether it's an, a coworker, a supervisor, a manager, not getting the accommodations that you need to do your job. They will have certain steps that you need to follow to contact whoever you need to to get what you need to be successful. That's what HR is for, not just, okay, you got a problem or to get a paycheck, but to make sure that you are successful, whether it's a chair because you have back issues, whether it's a screen over your computer because the bright glare messes with your eyes, whether it's frequent breaks, whether it's, okay, I need to go to the doctor because of my disability, whether it's I'm pregnant and she's saying disgusting, mean things about me, whether it's I come back from maternity leave and I need a place to breastfeed, Mm -hmm. whether he's making uh, sexual unwanted advances at me or he's saying racially things or things about my religion. They have those places and they will spell it out, what is not allowed and the steps. But if you don't see it, ask HR, what are my rights? Always ask, Mm. open your mouth, ask questions. And Mm. if you feel your rights are violated, talk to somebody. Please talk to somebody. Yeah, I, I mean, that is so, so important. And, and many organizations, especially really big uh, agencies, will have their own EEO department. 
uh, or uh-huh. EEO counselors or advisors, and so that would be another place, listeners, especially if you're in a big agency, uh, big organization, yeah. uh, who who have those folks as well without necessarily going to the EEOC. And, you know, that website, again, is eeoc.gov. So this would pertain to the United right. States in particular. So if you're in another country, um, you might not have those same types of civil rights like we do, but certainly there are employee-employer rights in different countries. So uh, check the similar uh, similar types of resources. Um, if anyone wanted to uh, get a hold of you, or uh, maybe they're here in Texas, is there any other uh, website that you would like to refer them to? If they want to talk to me and they have a specific question regarding employment, employment issues, please, 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 please email me at highheelmediator.com. G, uh, high heel mediator at gmail.com. Okay, that's You said high heel, H I G H? H I G H dot E H E E L mediator at gmail.com. So okay. email okay. me, please. And, and so she way, is sending the big invitation out there, listeners. So do uh, do do that, especially if you're in the state of Texas. But a lot of the things that you deal with are federal-based laws, and so certainly you don't right. have to be living in Texas to, to be able to uh, help her with that. You know, Marcy, thank you so much for being part of our workplace conflict series, and we're really grateful. I'm grateful. You know, we finally got to have you on the program, and so I want to let you uh, leave with the final message. What final message do you want to leave with our listeners tonight my final message is you're hired to do a job if you go in there do a good job you should get raises promotions and kudos if somebody is violating your rights or you feel that you're not treating being treated with respect and dignity don't sit there don't suffer in silence open your mouth talk to somebody and make sure when you talk you tell them what's the issue, what you want done. Because if you sit in silence, that's not fair to you. It's not fair to the employer. You're not there to be somebody's doormat. You're there to be somebody's worker. Very good. Thank you. So don't suffer in silence, everyone. Thank you, Marcy. Thank you, uh, listeners, and thank you for those who are in the chat room and our Twitter feed. We appreciate your support. Thank you, everyone. Good night. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Texas Conflict Coach. We hope you enjoyed the program. You can find all of our podcasts archived to listen at your convenience at texasconflictcoach.com or download the podcast at iTunes or Stitcher Radio. You can also become a Facebook fan of Conflict Connections or Twitter me at TX Conflict Coach.